Hi guys and gals, welcome back to another brand new episode of Simmer Down with Viv. We are almost to the season finale. Yes, season finale is actually next week. Uh, so this is one of the second to last episodes for season one. And I've really been fine combing through all the suggestions and ideas that you guys want me to talk about. And just things that you want to know, like genuinely curious about. So this week, we're going to get real. Yeah, like legitimately we're going to a whole new level like getting to know my parents is one thing but as you can tell by the title of this episode it is called to all the baby boys i've loved before yes you guessed it we're gonna talk about ex ex boyfriends specifically we're gonna talk about love what is love what i've learned from bad relationships what i've learned the good and the bad i don't want to just say bad because there are always both sides if it was bad from the get-go then why would i ever have been in quote-unquote love so first off let's talk about why of course you guys have suggested this and wanted to know more about me as a person but i have been having conversations actually two in the past week with a lot of my colleagues and my friends and we talked about relationships like who we are as a person and how we grow and i was like wow this is it's like the universe is like, this This should be one of your second to last episodes. So that's why we are going into this topic. Um, another thing is, first off, I want to talk about the title. The title is probably like, why is it called Baby Boys? Is it throwing shade? Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Um, <laughs> but honestly, it I call them Baby Boys because I was a baby girl. I was young. I was naive. I was innocent. And I was so wrapped up in the moments and I wasn't able to have pure clarity which is what I have I think now um and as I get older I am able to see why those relationships failed and it's not necessarily one person that like did all of it and was a bad guy but it takes two to tango so I've been doing a lot of self-reflection this year and just trying to figure out like how I was and how I was perceived or how I was to be in that interaction so that is why it's called all the baby boys um so first off I want to say that I've been in two I consider two very serious relationships and when something that is serious and I've always been on long-term relationships it is very devastating and completely heartbreaking when they fall apart when you go through something so traumatic some kind of light does shed on the whole situation afterwards and you are able to appreciate it it does take time it does take time to heal so let's get started on the first relationship so the first one is my first ever relationship it's my puppy love it is my first love my first understanding of what the movies portray and how it can you know be real life and how you can experience those things first off let's start by saying those movies they mess you up they set you up for failure a thousand percent you see everyone like it's everything is so picturesque and when you fight i'm gonna be honest the notebook the notebook messed me up till this day it's still one of my favorite movies by nicholas sparks but to this day it is it gives you this fake sense of what a relationship a walk to remember that's another nicholas sparks movie i'm starting to think that there's a pattern but when it comes to rom-coms or romantic films it's very hollywood right there's always a happy ending but it isn't like that in real life so i was already set up for failure me and this guy so we met in high school probably about the actually it's the first day of high school um, we were in the same class getting our attendance. We had to get our attendance on like our programs and stuff. And it was sorted by 
the first few letters of your last name. So we had to be like grouped in these little bundles, classes thing. I don't, I don't get it. High school is just weird. Um, high school in New York City. I don't know if it's something different. But I remember I saw him and I was like, holy cute. He is so cute. Holy, holy cute. Holy smokes. He is so cute. I remember my 14-year-old self, which is like, he's so cute. Um, I want to get to know him. But how? High school is huge compared to like junior high. So I'm like, I'm probably never going to see him again. But, you know, faith would have it. We were in a few of the basic freshman classes like gym, Spanish 101, I think math 101. I don't know. But like basically 101 classes. But I was so nervous to talk to him. So I would always sit maybe like within a few seats of him because and I wasn't a creeper. It was because that's how the seats were assigned. Okay, don't judge me yet. But, you know, we had to work in group classes and like group um, activities and stuff. So I kind of, you know, always kept my distance, but always stayed quote unquote professional. Anyway, after maybe about the first month, all my friends at this point knew I had like the biggest crush on him. And I knew that he liked basketball because he always played basketball around the school and he also played around the park near school. Uh, And at that time, the Sixers were a big, big team, very successful. Started to watch Sixers game because I was like, oh, maybe if he asked me to talk to me about like games, like I could, you know, I could show that I know basketball. So I started watching and I remember my brother and my father was just like, why are you all of a sudden into, you know, basketball the NBA and I wanted to know teams and everything so I learned I learned to not only play basketball I also learned a lot of information about basketball and I believe or not fell in love with it myself because I truly enjoyed playing it and it was varsity basketball tryouts for both the girls and the guys the guys had JV which is junior varsity and varsity and the ladies only had varsity we didn't have a big enough team for JV so I tried out and he tried out for JV and I got on varsity and this was solely because I was practicing at home I practiced with a soccer ball because we didn't have a basketball and that's how I learned to play basketball believe it or not so I got on the team and he didn't and he was very upset um, but at this point we were like talking we we're talking on aim a lot and we were I think we were boyfriend no he asked me out to go to like a movies and stuff and then maybe like a week later we became boyfriend and girlfriend which basically meant nothing so we always like text or talk on aim sit at lunch next to each other and he would be part of he would be like the manager of all my teams so I also played tennis and volleyball so we travel all, all the time together because that was the only time we got to see each other and for the next four years that's how it was and in hindsight, there were so many red flags. And I don't think I saw them because when you're in it, you never see these flags, right? He was pretty angry and he was pretty upset. He didn't care about school too much. He he had a lot going on in his life. And I'm by no means finding excuses for him. There's, there's no point of me to find excuses for him. But he was really in a, not in a good place. The only thing he kept telling me was how much like he loved me and he needed me in his life. And I was the only stable person and the only person that can give him happiness. And that is a lot for someone who is the age of 14 through 18. You're changing a lot. You are going through a lot of your own emotions. And it's a big burden for someone to have that responsibility for someone else's happiness. And I did not see that as a burden, but I saw that as a responsibility. And it was my sole job. And I have to say, it wasn't a healthy relationship. We were so codependent on each other. We even had the nickname of being called butt cheeks. That no matter where I went, he would go and vice versa. Everywhere I went, people would associate him as being my boyfriend. It wasn't so much that they used his name. It was to be, like, associated and he was, quote, unquote, my property. He hated that. And he had a lot of insecurities about himself, as we all do at that age. So it became very abusive. First, it was just mentally abusive of, 
you couldn't wear something too short you're showing your your legs and when he explained it to me when he would get so enraged he would just be like because you're mine and I don't want other people to look at you and you know think of you in a different way in a different light such as like fantasize about you not that there was anything to fantasize about like remember I told you guys I was very underdeveloped so he was very very controlling but I didn't see it as controlling I saw that as love I was like he cares so much about me he just wants to keep me in like a safe little bubble we did fight all the time throughout class we would fight everyone in the hallways we would fight and everyone kind of knew we would like would break up and get back together get, get break up and get back together constantly back and forth and I started cutting class. If he wasn't happy about something, I made it my mission to make sure he would feel better. And he did the same for me too. So as you can tell, young love is not always the best love because you guys are just feeding off that insecurity. You guys are feeding off all those emotions. And also you 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 think that your first love is your every everything, right? You think you're going to marry this person. You think you are going to die with this person. You think you're going to just be with this is your person forever. So naive, so so innocent. We had this huge blowout fight a few days before prom. Senior prom this is. And he didn't actually end up going to prom with me. We broke up. I still went to prom with my girlfriends. And he found out a few, maybe like weeks later at graduation, he hated me at this point. He's like, you took my prom experience away from me. Um, I can't believe that you went without me. And I had a lot of guilt with that. Extreme, extreme guilt. But as much as I had this guilt around taking his prom experience away from me, I also had extreme anger. Because of him, I went to CUNY. I could have gone to SUNY Binghamton, which is a state school that was still funded like you can get financial aid and stuff and I was touring that school and it was because of him he's like you can't leave me I'll have no one here he had a family or he's not wasn't an orphan or anything all my friends are already leaving for college you cannot leave so I didn't leave so you have to understand both people both parties have guilt and now there is anger there's sadness that we broke up because it was a puppy love relationship so we got back together but in a very turmoil way he didn't go to college he went right into the restaurant business as a server because his parents needed the money and he needs to support his family and I went to school and I was trying to you know push as far as I can graduate we were going to get married and then we were going to start our own lives and help him pursue his dreams which was he wanted to go into business school it was not another four years goes by and during this time it was just bad it was filled with anger and you think insecurity in high school is bad it is so much worse when you are in college because all your friends this is when Facebook started all my friends were on Facebook showing pictures of like their parties that they went to and I just worked my butt off trying to save money and we were gonna get married like we had this whole plan and I was like am I growing up too fast no I have to do it for him so again I took on that responsibility so I would push myself and I was supposed to graduate earlier and then we can go to see Hall, sign papers and then he can get the same opportunities however he cheated on me and I found out and it was so heartbreaking because this was now the second time he cheated once on me in high school and it was kind of like a you know I don't think anything happened happened but it was more like just like holding hands and stuff or like going to the movies when you're in senior year of high school but this time around we were older we were like 20 we were 21 and 
it was not only physically cheating, it was emotionally cheating. And that is when it's devastating. That is when you know you've lost a person. And at that point, let's be honest, we both knew that we were just holding on to what was an idea of love, what we thought who we were at that time. Like that person that we fell in love with when we were 14 was no longer there. We were changing. We were growing. We were growing apart. We were apart. But we didn't want to let go. And that is the hardest thing when you know something is over and you don't let go. So that final needle was the thing that broke the camel's back. Needless to say, we officially ended and it was hard. Because I've been with him for eight years now. I Basically, he was part of my life and so many significant events have happened. And as far as I know, all my memories that I've had, he was part of. So it was really, really hard. And um, you would think that you would take, like after going through something so intense and like life-changing basically, you would take the time to heal. Or I would have taken the time to heal and like figure out what it is. I didn't. I completely threw myself into work and I was just like, oh, if I work really hard and I become a better person, there might be a possibility that we will get back together. I don't know why. I was just so stuck on no, he wouldn't have done this. Like if we were under better circumstances, all of these things. Luckily, when I threw myself into work, I started finding out who I was as a person. I graduated. I went to culinary school. And through that period of time, and this was probably like eight, nine months, people saw me. I noticed that people saw me for me. I noticed that people were like Vivian and I was no longer attached to him. And that was a big thing. So I was like, oh, I'm healed. I'm ready to go. Like I am, I'm living my best life kind of situation. And it was very dangerous because I wasn't. So I met my second ex who was completely different. Appearance was different. Backgrounds were different. Like th- these two people could not be more different at all. Like literally one plucked from one side of the earth, the other plucked from the other side of the earth. And I was like, that's right. Because I'm a better version of myself now. Like I could be, I'm going to go for something completely different because I had that and I don't want that. However, the one thing that I never learned to heal was how people were so controlling of me and how I never understood that control is not love. And that is what happened with my second ex. Everything happened so quickly. By quickly, I mean we were together for four years. It wasn't like we were together for six months. But everything happened so quickly. Like he knew the right things to say. I would tell him things because I was still broken at this point. And I would tell him things about like why my ex didn't work and all all my secrets of... You know, I never felt like I was good enough. I never felt that I had all this kill, everything. And in the beginning of a relationship, of course, that person's going to be like, you're safe, you're beautiful, none of that. That's all that guy's fault. It's him, 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 not you. Little did I know, this was, I basically fell in love with a very, very similar person in terms of personality and the same tactics. Except this guy was a little bit older than me. So he knew how to say the right things. And he knew how mentally weak I was at this point. And I'm not saying that he was a bad guy. It was very, I thought was very real and pure. I got to meet his family really quick. His his entire family was so sweet. And I was like, this is it. Like, this is what love is. And he was able to show me things that I never got to experience growing up. I never got to have access to. Whether it was going to listen to music and it was like a live band. Or going to eat something different. Or even taking me to a different neighborhood on the train. Like, letting me... See, letting me. Like, that is not the right... I shouldn't even have said that. It's like, 
no one should be letting you do anything. You are your own person. What I wanted to say was he showed me this world, this world that I was so unfamiliar with because of my small little hometown in Brooklyn. And my first ex was literally four blocks away from me. So it was a whole new experience and I loved it. I was like, wow, this is how like New York City life is and this is going to be great. But you know what? When things happen very quick, they also fizzle very quickly. We were both in the same industry at the same time and it became very competitive. We were both starting off and both were like line cooks and trying to figure out what our next steps were. From there, I took the leap and left line cook life, as you guys know, and went into food network because I wanted to do something different. My li- The lifestyle was just so toxic for me. The energy, the, the alcohol, the drugs, it freaked me out and I couldn't be around. It caused a lot of depression. And he stayed that realm. And I think that's where it got really blurred. Had the same lifestyle. He worked night I worked days because it was corporate life for me and from there we started drifting apart then we try to make moves into like what plan for the future constantly planning for the future of like hey what are we going to do next so we moved into a house together far far away but close to his family and at this point I loved his family I spoke to his family more than I spoke to my family and in this sense I was being planted into a place where I had no access of really getting home yes I could have taken the train home but it would have taken me three hours from living from the Bronx now which I'm completely foreign to going back to Brooklyn so if you go through Bronx you have to go through all of Bronx all of Manhattan and then I live in South Brooklyn so I had to go all the way back and I had one day off because I still worked on the weekends at coach to make ends meet and it was just very depressing so it was just constantly me being in that house by myself or we would see his family and the only saving grace about seeing his family was they didn't know anything which is a red huge red flag if you're going through something with your boyfriend or girlfriend you're fighting and you are about to like kill each other on the weekends and it's just not healthy but in front of other people you smile and you pretend that you are some kind of celebrity couple that everything is all perfect and dandy that is a huge red flag that is something is not right and you guys are trying to cover it together or separately. And of course, at this point, it was, he knew all my insecurities, right? And I knew some of his, like he had a lot of issues with his own internal, you know, internal battles, internal demons. So we would both be picking at each other and picking at each other's sore wounds and like open them and just pour salt all over them. Near the end of this, we were both extremely unhealthy. And he he had this whole it was like a switch thing his ego got the best of his his ego was riding his life he's just taking the wheel and he wanted to become very successful very quickly and I was always like more of the tortoise take your time slow and steady you got this it takes time pay your dues all of that he didn't like that and we decided to go to couples therapy as like one last like help thing And couples therapy really showed a lot of how bad it was. I'm going to share that with you guys right now. Going to a complete stranger and telling them I have an issue with this person that I love and I can't communicate with this person. That's not the problem. Seeing that you have a problem is the first step. However, how each person responds to that is a different thing. I kept saying everything was my fault. I can't do this. I can't help. I am sad. I don't know why I'm sad. I'm always crying. I'm going through 
a lot of emotional stress. I am emotionally not healthy. Mentally, I'm not healthy. And he would be like, yeah, she's not healthy. She's causing us a lot of pain. She's causing us a lot of, I don't know what's wrong with her, 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 her. So right away, you have one person that feels like they it's all their fault. Everything that's happening in terms of the relationship is on that person's shoulders. And they are completely broken. Completely broken and shattered. The other party, not taking any kind of blame or accountability or anything like that and saying, yeah, it's completely this person's fault. And I am suffering because of this person. Rather than, hey, I need to help this person because they're my partner and I want to make sure that we are like stronger together. There's a huge breakdown in what a relationship is and it's it wasn't 50-50, it was it was just all red negative. Like looking back on it, that relationship should have ended 2 years. It it went way past the shelf life, like it rotted. It was disgusting, it was like decomposing and for some reason I hung on to that for very very dear life. It ended really badly. The way it ended, I felt was very harsh he was going to his friend's uh bachelor party which was like out of the country and woke up really early to leave the house and he just said leave your key in the mailbox take your crap out and by the time i come back a few days later i don't want to see any trace of you in this house which belonged to him because we weren't married and he did pay for a lot of the down payment and stuff his family helped him so i just took care of everything like inside in terms of like construction because my dad does construction and he helped fix up the internal side and I never kept track of the bills I always like just thought this was our future so it was devastating it was I've never felt so low in my life I just completely broke down I had no control and my brain was spinning I called my cousin for help who lived in Westchester at the time and he helped me and he packed all my stuff I was just sobbing uncontrollably the whole time throwing things in garbage bags whatever I could and I just left. My cousin was very upset at this. He's an older cousin. He wanted to protect me. And he was like, let's like break a window or something. And I just said, no, I don't want to do anything. I just want to leave his house to be his house. I just want to take what physically belongs to me, what I paid for and leave. I just want to go. I just, I was so ashamed that this was a complete failure. I did call one person, which was his mom. The very next day after I was kind of settled or in between packing and, and, um, Right, basically like a mad rush out of that house. The first thing I said to her was, I'm sorry, I can't take care of your son anymore. I still was so damaged that I thought after all of this, after how harsh she was to cut me out of his life and like toss me out like yesterday's garbage, I still felt that it was my responsibility to care for him. I still felt that I had to like protect him. And she was really sad she goes I had no idea all of this was happening she brought some of the stuff over from her house because we had some of the stuff there and I said you know we said our goodbyes afterwards I started to figure out how to heal myself I let myself break and I didn't I didn't do anything at this point I was still working and no one at work really knew what happened so I just went to work I would get there really early and cry and then go to you know do work and then take the train back I was like a zombie. I was completely numb. I would go to therapy about three times a week and I started to take care of myself. I started to learn. The first two months of therapy, I would just cry. Tell her, it's me, it's me. It's because of my, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm a bad person. I, I, I suck and nobody loves me and I'm not worthy of love and no wonder everyone leaves me. No wonder everyone 
whether cheats on me or kicks me to the curb because I'm not worthy of anything. So my self-worth was extremely low and it was extremely raw. It was, I was shattered. It was a skeleton of me. I never ever looked at anyone. I never tried to have a conversation with anyone. Whenever I took the train, I would always have sunglasses or some kind of music. And my therapist was trying to understand all of this. And she goes, what is one thing that makes you happy? Like no matter how bad things get. And I said, a dog. She goes, why? I said, because dogs are always happy. They go through pain, but they don't hold on to it. And they just live day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute. And she goes, well, why don't you try that? Why don't, if you love them so much and you think they bring so much joy into the world, then why don't you do that? So that's what I try to do. I took one day at a time. Today, I found one thing that made me happy. And it could be like, hey, I made the train. Or, hey, I'm, I'm listening to a song I like. Or, hey, I got myself a donut. Little, little friendly reminders. And through therapy, constantly going, eventually became twice a week for every week. It was a lot of therapy, basically. I think I paid for it, like, summer house or, or homes. Um, I started to recover. And I started to understand that I had a lot of damage done to me and it is not always my fault. And I most importantly learned that I am worthy of love. I am worthy of being heard. I am worthy of being a partner, being equal. I am worthy for someone to love me for me even though I have insecurities and even though I have baggage and even though I have bad days or bad weeks. And I started to learn to love myself. I really did. I learned to love me for me. I learned to appreciate the things I have. And I started getting stronger. And by this point, I signed off on love altogether. I was like, I don't want nothing no more. I just want to learn to love myself. I want to be comfortable going to the movies by myself, eating by myself, not just constantly needing to call someone. I wanted to be comfortable in my body. I wanted to be comfortable in my mind. And I started to just do things that made me happy, whether it was going to the gym for a little bit, whether it was going to walk around in a park or anything like that, on a beach, anything. So yes, relationships were hard. But when I started to take care of myself and love myself and was genuinely happy with myself, I started attracting the right energy. And that's when Jay came along. Yes, that doesn't mean that I didn't have any issues. That didn't mean that th- some of those insecurities didn't come on to our relationship. They did. But what true love is and what pure love is, is someone that loves you and gives you courage, that gives you support, and that gives you the courage and support to be honest to be you to be really really you no matter on your worst days on your best days I'm not afraid to fail I'm not afraid to try something because I know no matter what Jay is going to be there and he won't make fun of me he has my back and that is love and that is everything that I hope for even my ex-boyfriend's I don't think they're bad people. I don't hate them. And it took me a lot of time to figure that out. If I see them on the street or in passing, I don't say, oh, I I never want to see them again. I wish they never lived in New York. New York's a huge place. And it's not right for us. It's not fair to you or yourself or anyone that's around you to have hate. I hope that they are able to find someone that loves them for them. I hope they're able to figure out some of those inner demons 
as I have because we all have them. They're not they're not evil and I don't think that what they try to do to me or what they've done to me is because they wanted to hurt me. Maybe when they were angry they did want to cause pain. And there was some physical pain and emotional, definitely more emotional than physical. But I was no scene. I was not an angel. I was not mature. And I'm probably, it was a back and forth. When you're not healthy, how are you supposed to expect someone to love you for you when you don't love yourself, when you don't respect yourself? No one's going to respect you. If you don't demand those things, then everyone's going to be like, whatever, we can just stop, like, step all over her. So love gives you warmth. Love gives you power. And love gives you positivity. And that's what I want. Power doesn't have to mean that I dominate over you. Power is the power to give yourself the time to heal, the time to protect yourself, and the time to appreciate you. You're beautiful. You're handsome. You are good enough. You are good enough for yourself. You are good enough for everyone else. And more importantly, if someone doesn't love you back, that's okay. Your love for yourself is enough. And everything else is extra and everything else is a bonus. I do want to share four very important things that I've learned because that's what bad relationships are. Learning experiences. It teaches you. It's God's way of teaching you. This is what you don't want, right? It's like a bad job interview or bad food that you taste. People always get love confused with lust. It's all about looks. He's hot. She's hot. It's going to be great. No matter what, I'm going to look so good with this person. Mm-mm. love and lust are very different things lust is not love lust is temporary and lust is it could be toxic and dangerous love versus fear i'm holding on to something because i don't want to be alone i'm so afraid to be alone i'm so afraid to feel rejected i'm i, I don't i can't be by myself i won't be able to breathe you can take a deep breath you've done it your whole life you can be by yourself and it's okay. Being alone is not bad. Love versus safety. Don't settle. Don't settle because you're like, oh, this person is here. Do you love them? Just because they're providing something for you. And I mean, like, yes, shelter and all that stuff. But is it worth your time? A provider isn't just love. It could be part of it. But at the end of the day, you should genuinely love this person. You should genuinely care about this person. An image. Forget the gram. Forget what people think of you. So what if it looks picturesque and you're and you know people are posting pictures about them and their significant other and, and it's perfect? Are you happy? There's no point of posting a picture or keeping up this image with your friends and family. Like, oh, I'm dating this perfect guy. He's da da da. Or I'm dating this perfect woman. But behind closed doors, you guys hate each other. You are fighting. You, he's abusive. She's abusive. She's a menace in your life and vice versa. Like that is not worth it. Pure, genuine love starts with you, starts with you inside. And I never want you guys to feel like you're not good enough. And I don't ever want you guys to feel like you're trapped. You're not trapped. It takes time. It takes courage. It takes real courage to pick yourself up. But when you do, good things will happen. I promise you. And to those baby boys that were in my life, that's what you guys are. You guys were babies. I was a baby. It's all good. I wish that you were able to take this experience, my experience, or your own or whatever you guys are going through and learn from it and share and and help each other grow because hate doesn't become love. 
love becomes love love becomes stronger love and that is what the world needs and that is what you need don't hate let bygones be bygones move forward and fight for what you deserve oh that was like that's a that's a conversation right that was a toughy one you know what was also tough? Trying to figure out a recipe that how the heck am I going to glue this sensitive topic together? So I did think of one thing. What was one thing that both my ex-boyfriends had in common? The, the triangle, because I'm in there too. It was pork fried rice. And yes, I'm talking about that Chinese takeout pork fried rice. You're like, why? Because they were so different, like you said. You're right. So in high school, the only time we had Chinese takeout was when we had birthday money or like Christmas money, which wasn't very much. And before basketball games, especially home games, we were able to go out to eat before practice. So that was the one treat. We would get pork fried rice with chicken wing and we would get like an iced tea, like a Snapple iced tea. Peach, please. And that was the one treat that I remember we would sit there and we would be so happy sharing one one order which wasn't very much food. And we slather in like hot sauce, which was like diluted with water and like ketchup. And that's what we ate. So that's the one takeaway from my high school relationship. But moving on to my second relationship, we both work in restaurants. And believe it or not, we were also broke. And that was another treat. On our one day off, if we had it together, we would get Chinese takeout. Usually, if it was really, really cold, the order would be pork fried rice, chicken wings and maybe a wonton soup or something if we were feeling sick or we just needed extra little something but that was the one recipe I was like wow no matter where I've been in my life Chinese takeout has been significant so that is what we're going to make I'm going to make pork fried rice I will add a little bit of extra stuff because I know that the traditional Chinese takeout has just like onions and like I think soy sauce rice and a little few cubes of like roast pork which is not really roast pork by the way I know how they make it they I'm not gonna I'm not gonna break your hearts I'm not gonna tell you guys how they make it um every time I eat Chinese takeout I I don't necessarily think of them but I remember the hardships that I went through for some reason Chinese takeout is a quick and easy somewhat comfort meal and I was able to always find happiness in it and that's what I want to leave you guys with even though I, I went through two really really bad breakups it didn't matter. If anyone asked, hey, if you guys can change anything, you and Jay, would you have dated way back when? No. I probably would have been a monster date back then. He probably would have been a monster to date. We went through certain life experience. He's dated crazy people too. He's dated really stressful people and I've dated same. And it made us both better versions of us. It made us better and it made us want a relationship and work harder for this relationship. Bad relationships aren't a bad thing. They're life's way of showing you lessons and teaching you lessons. It's like free schooling. Sometimes it's really hard, but it's okay. You got through it. I got through it. It's really okay. I got through it. You're going to get through it if you're going through it. If you got through it, yes. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. And I hope this finds some kind of joy, some kind of peace, anything. If you guys want to talk about it, hit me up. Give me a DM. Write a comment on the website. Otherwise... Next week's going to be a good one. It's going to be our season finale. Hope you guys have a great week, and I'll talk to you then. Bye! Simmer Down with Viv is produced by me, Vivian Chan, and Tracy Gushkin from With You Media.
For more information, visit Simmer Down with Viv on Instagram, with you media on Instagram, or simmerdownwithviv.com and withyoumedia.com. When I'm prepping food and there's raw proteins involved, I always use a plastic cutting board. Why? Because I don't want cross-contamination. And material has the perfect cutting boards. They're actually called reboards. They've come in four vibrant colors. And you want to know the best part? They come from 75% recycled plastic, 25% sugarcane, and 100% dishwasher safe. My two favorites are the Tide for all seafood and the Sand when I'm dealing with other proteins such as chicken or pork. Be sure to check them out at materialkitchen.com and use code SIMMERDOWNWITHVIV for 10% off. Now go on with your bad self and get cooking in that kitchen.